KBLA Talk 1580. So um, so excited to uh, do a Black Marriage Monday. I love, love, love this feature. I hope you do too because I don't want us to neglect our chops in terms of doing better in our personal relationships and doing so with the guidance of some people that are actually qualified to help us um, do just that. When we know better, we do better, like the saying goes, but um, sometimes we assume we know and we don't always have good information. Pleased to have back in Isaiah and Ayana Ma'at. They're high school sweethearts, but they've been together for 27 years, married for 20. And their love, their devotion to one another has been an inspiration to a lot of us um, in the work that they do uh, in their work lives and online. Um, Aize Ma'at is a trained functional family therapist, a professional social worker, and a certified marriage and relationship educator specializing in couples and family work. Ayana is a trained psychotherapist and clinical social worker. She's also a certified marriage and relationship educator specializing in couples and family work. Mr. and Mrs. Ma'at, welcome back. Yes, thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. We're glad to be back. So, absolutely. When I'm not obsessing on uh, news, which I is kind of my job, uh, I like to unwind with some nice, what I call junk food for the mind. Um, some like I like to watch 90 Day Fiance, just really dumb stuff that <laughs> kind of lets me, you know, think about not think about what's going on um, in the Middle East uh, or on Skid Row. Um, and one of those examples is the show Love is Blind, where these people go into like uh, an experiment where they, men and women date each other without ever seeing each other. Uh, and then they commit, they have to propose to someone before they get to meet that person. They commit to marrying someone and then they get to hang out together for a couple weeks of engagement before they actually uh, either go ahead with the marriage or call it off. And um, in this season of Love is Blind, one of the couples gets engaged. Izzy and I forget the guy's name, oh, girl's name, um, Stacy. They get engaged in the pods. They've never seen each other. They fall in love. They get engaged. They're hot and heavy in romance. And then, uh, well, uh, a spoiler alert. <laughs> um, <laughs> it all kind of falls apart when she finds out he has a bad credit score. So I thought it might be uh, worth talking about romance and finance today. Um, and I want to start by asking you both, I guess we'll start with you, um, Ayana, since Stacy the one, was the one that was like, mm, nah, you got bad credit. Do we talk enough about finance um, how how should we be approaching finance? Um, is it even an issue? Should love conquer all? Like, where do you stand on that? This is a great question. And, um, you know, I think that there's been a lot of, especially, you know, in popular culture and social media and that kind of thing, there's been a lot of um, 
uh, talk about looking at credit scores and finances and, you know, what's okay and what's not okay, particularly in terms of whether or not a man is going to be able to provide for me and that kind of thing. Um, and one of the things that I think is really important is to acknowledge that I don't know that that's always been a part of the conversation. And I think that it's okay and I think it's healthy to get into looking at, you know, where are you and, and what are your goals and how are you doing financially and that kind of thing. But the, the thing that always gets me um, is how black and white people are in their thinking when it comes to where um, they feel a man should be with regards to his money and his money management and he need to have everything together. And I always ask the question, so with regard to um, yourself and your own goals, whether it be you know, in work, in career, in finances, whatever. Are you are you um, to the level or to the standard that you're expecting? And and even if you are, wh- what what is it about us that sometimes does not have the um, ability to operate in the gray? Because I think what's most important is that we got to be willing to look at. Um, we got to look at uh, what what is possible, and there's a there's a lot of popular little sayings, real cute sayings like "Don't date potential." You got to see what they really got, right? <laughs> but I, one of the one of the things that I know is that it's a mixed bag. So yes, you need to have some some parameters, but you know I don't think that oh, if you just have flat out you have a bad credit score, I'm sorry, I can't date you. You know, you, they're, they're, it's really about your mindset. It's about the deeper kind of conversations you can have. It's about, you know, your plan and are you taking any action to move that forward? Um, and real talk, in a lot of successful relationships and marriages, there's one person who's stronger on one area than the other person when it comes to money and finances. Um, and, you know, kind of putting out this very um, monolithic idea of, of a man and that he should come having all of these things checked um, I just think that's fairy tale land, and I just don't think it's real life. Mm, okay, I'm kind of ask you the same question, Isa, and I'm I'm glad you addressed that, um, Ayana, because it's true. It's all the no scrubs, you know, ain't nothing going on but the rent, no romance without finance. That's on the <laughs> one hand. On the other hand, we have this sort of, you know, I think we don't even, in some cases, talk about it at all. Um, how would how would you um, address that? Uh, you say. One of the key, um, thanks for asking that question too. I think it's a, a, a very important question. Um, one of the key pieces that we often lift up when it comes to developing a relationship is emotional safety. It's really core, it's really foundational. Um, and in fact, in order for you to have a thriving relationship, it's, it's pivotal for you to, um, you know, to have one that's longstanding. And so um, emotional safety enables you to have those conversations around these different aspects of who you are, um, specifically finances. And so one of the things that we've seen, like the research speaks to that when it comes to being in a relationship, you'll have certain problems that are perpetual and then certain problems that are solvable. <laughs> the overwhelming majority of problems are perpetual. So it's speaking about personality, just who you are as a person, how you flow, what you like, what you don't like. But then you have those solvable problems and solvable problems would, in, would be inclusive of those things like your credit score. It can be fixed. It can be adjusted. You can make changes and shifts as it pertains to that. And so too many people try to blend the two and make the solvable problems the perpetual ones, which is where it becomes problematic. And so I think that if you were to separate and, and see what can actually be fixed, what, what can we be worked on? I mean, what can be worked on and, um, you know, make a decision to approach those things, then it makes it easier for you to engage into the relationship instead of lumping um, everything together. So I would definitely say it's an issue, um, you know, however, it's an issue that can be 
fixed. And one of the ways that you can do that is by creating a sense of emotional safety so y'all can have the conversations around it. Mm, yeah, that's true. So you can be feel um, secure in being honest uh, because I think in a way, some people may get mad at me about this, but I don't really care. In a way, we as women almost almost encourage men to lie to us because we have these, you know, all these ideas about what, you know, he has to have, what he has to have. And at the same time, you know, men almost encourage women to be that gold digger because a lot of men do lead with what they have or what they pretend they have. Um, so, I mean, how do... Honesty in terms of finances, I imagine, is a huge issue, right, as you say? Yeah, absolutely is a huge issue. And and it's not just women. Interestingly enough, um, I think that as a culture, uh, we we encourage men to, to show up in a particular way as it pertains to finances. Over this past weekend, I was watching a, a clip where um, it appeared as though um, this brother was shaming another brother, shaming another brother for being in process, uh, for being in process. And, and I think in many respects, Dame Dash may have popularized this notion that if you work for somebody else, you're not a boss. Um, how can you have somebody <laughs> else um, feeding your family or taking right. care of your family, you know, giving you a paycheck and that type of thing? And so um, and there was some pushback in the conversation with a brother who was earning, I believe, like 17 or $7 an hour, whatever it may have been. Um, there was some pushback because his wife had expressed or his girlfriend had expressed that she was happy. She was satisfied. She was um, pleased. But And so he was pushing up against the notion that because I'm not um, a entrepreneur, because I'm not making X number of dollars, I'm not a man. What? What is that? And so, again, it's not just women who are, um, you know, pushing this narrative that you have to be at a certain place in order to make me happy, in order for me to be um, satisfied or taken care of as a wife. It's also men, too, who put them, who, who thrust this idea of this boss-like mentality. And again, we are bosses, but it doesn't mean that you have to be uber wealthy to be a man, number one. And then number two, it doesn't mean that you have to be uber wealthy to ensure that your family is taken care of. And so I think that collectively we have a responsibility to reshape the narrative so that men who are in process but are handling their business, there's room for them as well, too. And, and so by in process, you mean they're in the building phase. They're, they're you know, they're yeah. creating momentum for themselves and their family from whatever level they're at. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point, uh, not putting it all on the women, but looking at what our expectations are as a society. <clears throat> what does it mean to be, to take care of your family? It reminds me... Um, Ayana Ma'ad, of, of a conversation I had a long, long time ago with my play auntie, uh, Ms. Shabazz, um, Malcolm X's eldest daughter, who always said, success is how we define it. It's not what somebody else says. It's not what, um, it's not a number. It's not a title. Um, and so I guess part of it is about making sure we have the same values and being on the same page. So how do we do that? That's it. That's it right there. And um, I, I literally was going to say, oh, look, we just got to say this word. This is really about mindset. We're examining bank accounts and credit scores and, and all this kind of stuff. And lots of people out here providing financially, but they're not providing emotionally. They're never in the house. They don't spend no time with you. They don't really care about what you think. Um, but they met those things, but we're not looking at them as, as a whole. And so, you know, it's really about 
being able to look at what the values are. So understanding each other's financial values and beliefs, having conversations around that, you know, because, for example, some people prioritize saving for the future. While others are like, you know what, I'm living life now. I can't take that money with me. So they prefer to enjoy the present. So it's really going to be important to find out what your values are and where they align so that you can at least find common ground. Um, you know, you want to be able to be in a place where when you're dating, you can observe financial behavior. So people can talk about one thing and we all got our values that we profess. But what we do from day to day, you're going to see that um, when you are with someone and you are, you know, really spending time with them. Um, and then how do you share financial responsibilities? Do you have financial goals? Like having these uh, open and honest conversations um, and then pacing the, the conversations, pacing um, the, the, the getting to know you process is important um, so that you can really understand at the heart of the person that you're looking at whether or not they really are somebody who has long-term compatibility, um, you know, um, availability for you financially. Because um, if they align with your own goals, your mindset, they're taking actions, you see the behaviors, then all of that is good. But if it's just about looking at a mark um, and saying, oh, you don't, you don't fit this, then that's, I mean, that's, just, that's just one small component of a greater picture. Mm. Talking with Aize and Ayana Ma'at, they are... Therapist and uh, marriage and family educator certified at that. And if you have a question, some conversation, a concern about finance and romance or anything else in the relationship space, you're encouraged to call 800-920-1580. 800-920-1580. When we come forward, you, say, you said something that got me uh, thinking and, and ruminating, which is permanent versus uh solvable problems. How do we know the difference, especially when it comes to money? We'll look at that and more when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. Attention. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Yeah, so I started out talking about... uh, Love is blind because the story of Izzy and Stacy really brought up a lot of issues uh, around finance and relationships. And this is a Black Marriage Monday. And even though Izzy is really named Ismael and he's Latino and Stacy is uh, white, um, these I feel like these issues just keep they come up in every relationship. In fact, one of the reasons I wanted to do Black Marriage Monday the last Monday of the month is because that's when folks are talking about bills and stuff like that, fighting over bills. So um, I say, how do you how do you tell the difference between a permanent problem and a workable problem? Um, you know. Stacy was mad because Izzy was on a 1099, which meant he didn't have benefits. She was angry because he had a poor credit score. And she and he hired a financial planner the day after that and tried to start, you know, fixing it. Uh, But is it, you know, how do you know if it's just a poor credit score or that guy just has bad habits, financial habits that are going going to be a lifelong like sort of style or personality um, piece? Well, so so I do want to say this to be clear that in terms of the um, pacing process of a relationship, um, the way that they do those types of reality shows, they expedite everything. So a part of the issue is that <laughs> there's not a lot of time to 
figure this stuff out. And so if you had the luxury of more time, then some of these things would be, it would come out in the wash. But in terms of perpetual problems versus solvable ones, um, I'll speak specifically about perpetual problems first. And so if you have more time in a relationship, some of the things that you're going to look for are um, a person's beliefs, um, you know, a person's personality as it pertains to the finances, their beliefs when it comes to when we should spend, how we should spend, where we should spend. Um, and, and then also to lifestyles, lifestyle desires, you know, whether or not you want to live um, a wealthy lifestyle, whether or not you want to live a moderate lifestyle, and you're comfortable with that. So um, if, if there are problems that, um, you know, basically revolve around those areas in terms of personality, belief, lifestyle desires, then, then again, these things are ingrained in the person. When it comes to solvable problems, these problems are problems that, um, you know, things that you can actually work through um, through a process of communication, through negotiation, and just practical solutions like implementing a number of different things to to try to fix it. And so when you say that the day after he started to work on a remedy to whatever the problem was lifted up, that was lifted up, then again, that right there is a solvable situation. So it may look like budgeting disagreements, like if you have challenges around um, how to allocate money for expenses. And that's something right there that can be worked out through um, conversation, through communicate and discuss and negotiate, whatever it may be. Um, and then also to spending priorities. These are things that um, can be worked out through having increased conversations. You know, if you're aligning on, um, you know, what should be prioritized when it comes to spending and how you should utilize discretionary income. So those things are things that can be discussed, those solvable things. But when it comes to, um, you know, these perpetual problems, again, time time is important, an important factor for you to be able to determine whether or not it's perpetual or solvable, but you'll be able to see somebody's risk tolerance. Um, you know, the more time you're able to spend with somebody. And so somebody may be more inclined to invest in stocks while the other person may um, be hesitant and gun shy when it comes to like volatility on the market. So these are things that, again, you see over time based off of somebody's risk tolerance. The other piece too is that power dynamics are at play. Um, you'll get to know what the power dynamics were as it pertains to finances and that person's um, family of origin. And so did the father, did the daddy, you know, make all the money, make the decisions that it, as it pertains to finances or, or, or his mom doing that. And so when you see those experiences and you get to know a person better, then again, um, you get a chance to be able to understand, you know, how they'll flow over the long run and um, what's more deeply embedded in that person. And so um, if there is a significant income disparity with the couple, um, you know, how do what's embedded in that person in terms of how they operate? How did daddy and mommy deal with those situations? Auntie and uncle, what are you used to culturally as it pertains to um, those dynamics? Again, those are more ingrained in a person which um, may lead to them being more perpetual issues. Mm, yeah. Well, and that and that plays out in this show, too, because Stacy is a blonde, skinny blonde woman from a wealthy family. Her dad pays for everything. Her dad even mm -hmm. says, Ayana, uh, love, want, love sometimes wants to fly first class. <laughs> uh, so that sounds like a, a maybe a permanent uh, social... I'm thinking class, social issue um, that, that, you know, people do overcome those differences, right? But how do you do that? If you say, well, this person is, you know, a, an upper class, mm, pampered, whatever, and I'm a working class, so-and-so, can you overcome that? And, 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 and do we, is that something we want to overcome? You know, I, you know, this is one of those things. This is why I say to folks all the time, like, let's slow down when we're looking at some of these dynamics and not make these black and white kind of, you know, um, contrast, because you can have two people, right, who come from two different socioeconomic backgrounds and 
um, they're really aligned on what their values are. They want to give back to the world. The, the person who's coming from a wealthy environment is like, you know, and with the people and wants to wants to, you know, uh, make sure that they, um, you know, their their wealth is not a it's not a barrier. They're very conscious. And then you can have two people who are again from two different, um, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds, and um, and it just does not work. They do not have. Um, goals and values that align, and and they're one person is trying to get the other person to be where they are. Um, you know, there are lots of folks out here who want to retire early, who want to live in a certain neighborhood, want to have a certain lifestyle, and whether it's upbringing or culture or what have you, that's just a part of who they are and what they want, and they're not willing to bend on it, point blank, period. Now, we can all have our judgments about it, but the one thing I will say about folks who just have these, you know, strong, like, cutoffs, um, like, I'm not dealing with that, I'm not doing that, is one of the things that is really important is that while I might say, okay, now, are you looking at the whole of the person in the situation? Um, one of the things that you have to be clear about is what is it that I am willing to do and deal with and what is it that I'm not? Like, what's negotiable for me and what's non-negotiable? And when we look at these non-negotiable uh, categories, again, I'm one who says it's way too many daggone things in that non-negotiable list. You trip me. But, <laughs> you know, I would rather people be clear about it so that they are not, you know, going down a lane where they are unhappy um, and they are not going to be satisfied because of what they value um, most. And so um, I think it really is about the heart of the, the, the people. Um, and they got to have some honest conversations about that in, in terms of whether or not they're able to make room. Relationships, you know, as you know, are really about the blending of two people. It's not like you're going to find somebody who has the exact same uh, background, goals, ideas, and desires as you. Like, I don't know where that exists at all. So even if you all have, you know, similar kinds of experiences, backgrounds, you're still going to have um, some some difficulty and some, some um, ways that you're going to have to make room for each other in terms of What's important to you? Like forever, I always want to spend more at Christmas and want to act like I don't see the the item line that says how much I'm supposed to spend and just pay more and do more. And my husband is always looking at me like, "What are you doing? Like, why do we have to do that? Like, that's always <laughs> that's always an area for us in terms of spending at um, holidays and things that are important. And that's always been the case, but we've had to work through um, some of those differences. Um, I've always, you know, thought, oh, private school is better. And he's like, I went to public school and it was fine. And we had to work through those things. Those are values that we have, but we've been able to be flexible mm. in terms of how we talk about it. And I still am like, he's like, you know, you're a little bougie. I'm like, I know, but you know, you might, you could be exposed a little bit more. That's <laughs> fine, but we're able, we're able to work it out. Okay. I, w- and I want to hear how you do that after news traffic and sports on KBLA talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. And it's a Black Marriage Monday. We're talking with Ayana and Aize Mott. Um, yeah, you know, I, I want to mention before I forget uh, that uh, Dr. Joy DeGruy, the author of Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome, was on this show on Friday. And one of the things that she said was building strong families, whatever your family formation is, is part of uh, overcoming post-traumatic slave syndrome, was part of uh, battling the renewed rise of white supremacy. Is It fortifies our communities in various ways. And I know I asked you a question, Ayana, um, before we, we went uh, to news traffic and sports. I will get to that, which is how do we mitigate those differences. 
but I, I wanted um, both of you guys to address that uh, that statement that Dr. DeGruy made. Do you see it that way? Um, how how can we be intentional about that? Um, I don't know, Aiza. You want to tackle that first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we we actually do a training where we speak about overcoming generational curses in um in black relationships and um you know we emphasize during the training just the impact um both the negative and the positive impacts that um that that we've experienced as a people and and um, how we need to be more intentional to um disrupt some of the negative patterns of behavior um that we we've, we've learned to lean on um and that have been like maladaptive coping mechanisms and so for instance um this whole piece around keeping secrets um we've um internalized like the need to keep stuff on the hush-hush based off of our historical experiences, but um, it's had a negative impact as it pertains to how we engage in relationships. And, you know, we often hear her saying, like, what happens in the house um, stays in the house. But um, at the mm. same time, too, like, we discount and, and ignore the idea that as a people, uh, we're extremely communicative and communal as well. And so uh, we're often extending ourselves to seek wise counsel. And so to think that you just have to resolve and deal with problems in your household by yourself and then suffer in silence um, is extremely problematic. And it leans more into an individualistic concept versus a communal one. And so we need to get back to engaging professionals, griots, um, you know, therapists, um, you know, other family members that are trying to support us from a positive space versus just feeling like we need to be in a, um, you know, suffering in the silence um, as it pertains to our relationships. And this ties directly into finances, too, because if you don't ask for help, help won't necessarily come. And so you got to be able to voice <laughs> you know, what the issue is in order for you to get the support that's needed. Yeah. Ayana, you want to speak to that? Um, that idea of fortifying community, fortifying black people by strengthening our relationships? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we know um, that everything starts at home. And I think most people, you know, for the most part, agree with that, that it starts in our household. And far too often, we're not thinking about the way that we flow in our relationship with our partner and, and how that's impacting how we flow with our children and, and then what our children do and how it impacts where they go out into the community um, and on and on and on. So some of the things we talk about when we talk about taking back our families, um, taking back our roles um, as leaders in our community, as mothers, as fathers, um, as husbands, as wife, as, as uh, people of power, is, is that we've got to look at some of the um, things that we have done over time that have become a new norm, but it is just, um, as my husband said, it is not the way of us as a people. Um, and then some of the things, like you said um, earlier, that um, we um, actually incorporate um, Joy DeGrasse, um work into one of our trainings, like some of the things that come out of our history, like, you know, being overly protective. And uh, sometimes there is some learned hopelessness and helplessness. And, of course, there's fear and um, and all kinds of things that, you know, we have to deal with as a people, but when we focus on our relationship first with our partner, having healthy communication there, expressing, you know, what we're dealing with, and, and we have a new, as African Americans specifically, we have a very um, unique um, kind of experience um, living in a society that is not always for us. So we have to be able to make room for the stresses of that um, in ways that, um, you know, other folks don't have to. So all of that stuff is really important, um, and, and, and finances is one of those things 
that you just cannot get around that all of those societal things, um, systemic racism, white supremacy, all of that impacts uh, black people. Um, and I can't stand. I'm just going to say I can't stand when I hear black women talking about, oh, I'm tired of us talking about black men and how Danielle, what about me? And I'm tired of hearing black men talking about black women and what we need to do differently and how messed up we are. We got to come together and recognize that it's about building together, starting with our relationships. Um, it's, it, we need to attack the issue and not each other. Mm. So back to attacking the issue, not each other. Um, we were talking before news traffic and sports about this idea, you know, that you ha- have a more <laughs> free spending approach to being festive uh, than <laughs> than your husband does. And here you guys are you know, 20, 20 something years later, and you're still, you know, very much uh, in love, very strong as a couple. How do you do you have ground rules? Do you have um, methods of talking about that those difference because that sounds like it might go in the category of permanent problem or permanent difference but yet it's not mm-hmm. stopped you guys from being strong yeah so two things and you're right that, that that's a perpetual problem so it never kind of changes but the way that we handle it um is first when we're talking about finances uh, and money. It's never just about the money. It's always about an emotion under there. It's always like when you're talking about that issue, like somebody's feeling a little more anxious because you, you, you're doing too much or, you know, what are you mm. doing with this money over here? Somebody's feeling a little more constrained, like I can't live my life. So we really actually do, you know, talk. I had to tell my husband one time, like, you know, I'm trying to like create a certain environment. This is how I grew up. And, you know, it kind of feels like you just poo-pooing it. I mean, it wasn't really about the money. It was about me not feeling supported or like he like really appreciated what I was trying to do for the family and the energy I was trying to create and, and all of that. And so, you know, every time I was spending, he was like, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? So he understood at the heart of it, what was going on for me in terms of the sentimentality of the season and what I was trying to create in terms of tradition. He could understand that even if he didn't, um, you know, really uh, value it in the same way. So, so we talk, we go beneath the, the actual money conversation to like, what's happening for you on the inside? Like, what are you feeling? Um, and, and then number two, we, we have um, parameters. So we have roles and responsibilities in terms of if I'm working hard and doing all this stuff, you know, I, I want to be able to um, have some flexibility on how um, the spending uh, happens. And so we create the, the goals and the, the uh, limitations together. And then we really do defer to each other, depending on what the category is. So roles and responsibilities are really, really important because otherwise you'd be bumping heads the entire time. And that's no fun. Right. And that, 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 that dynamic can go either way in a relationship. One's more spendy, one's more savvy. It can be the man or the woman. One, I, I, in my own relationships, I know one of us is always better at financials, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Mm -hmm. So when I, turn, you know, turn the question back to your husband. I say, how do you handle that, like that difference? And how do you make something that is, uh, you know, a long-term difference in your relationship that ain't probably going to change anytime soon, um, something manageable? <laughs> I take a lot of deep breaths and pray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it definitely is something that I have to woo side through. Um, and, and I mean, you're absolutely right. It's something that, that, um, you know, comes from my family of origin in terms of my approach, <laughs> excuse me, during this holiday season and, and I'm not just during this holiday season, but as it pertains to finances in general. And so I, um, I have to, um, number one, give my wife grace, 
and and um, you know, I'm I know who I'm in a relationship with, which gets back into that whole ninety day fiance piece. I know who you're <laughs> to, who you're in a relationship with, right? And, um, right. And you, you give yourself the ability to grow over time, and so I give my wife grace, and um, and then also too, I I intentionally look for the blessing. I intentionally look for mm. um, I intentionally look for um, um, the value. And so I think, I mean, we have this part of our brains called the reticular activating system. And so if I'm constantly focusing on the negative, then I'm going to see more negative. But if I choose to find the blessing, pay attention to the good smells, the good sounds, the family engagement, the the smiles that I'm seeing on our children's faces, then, then, then for me, that's the reward in and of itself. And so, number one, I give my wife grace, and then I choose what I pay attention to, and I take an, an enormous amount of deep breaths and pray during that entire time period to make sure that I'm grounding and self-soothing in the event that I get um, stressed or overwhelmed um, based off of what's happening. But, you know, and again, we're constantly in communication, too. So my wife, although she may tip her toe over the budget line, um, you know, I'm I'm paying attention and I'm bringing the conversation up, and so we're engaging, we're talking, and um, and then we're coming to new agreements, and so it's a we're constantly ironing it out and um, figuring it out as we go along. So that's if I just put my head in the sand, then, then to me it becomes more scary, um, and and I don't want to take my hands off the steering wheel too much. And so again, we can share the wheel, and um, I'm a participant in the process. I'm not just going ghost and just leaving her by herself. I love that communication for new agreements. I, I do, when we come forward, I do got to have uh, Ayana weigh in on what you brought up. Aiza, the Ma'ats are with us. You you brought up the impact of these reality shows in this, not, and I think social media too, and the celebrity sort of um, relationship musical chairs. What impact does that have on our expectations and our understanding, our pacing in our personal relationships? KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. You absolutely belong here, and we see you, and uh, we're talking about how to have healthy relationships. It's a Black Marriage Monday. You can go to blackloveandmarriage.com, spell out and Andy, blackloveandmarriage.com to find out more about what Aize and Ayana Ma'at are up to. You can also check them out on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, And where else am I forgetting, uh, Ayana? And Facebook. Facebook, yeah, Facebook too. Uh, what's What's your address on Facebook? And it's, uh, you can still find us at Black Love and Marriage. So all things Black Love and Marriage. Black Love and Marriage. So I asked you about this. I was thinking um, during the break about how <laughs> I'm always spending too much time on Instagram. And on Cardi B's birthday, Offset always gets her like three million roses and some, you know, private jet flight to somewhere and, you know, like some bling. And I, I kind of feel like, you know, there's a tendency to f- think, oh, our, my relationship sucks. My guy doesn't get me $7,000 worth of roses and fly me to, you know, Rio de Janeiro. And then I think to myself, being a person in this space, number one, that might be BS. Like that could be the publicist. It could be sponsored mm-hmm. by somebody or it might be true. But is that the wisest thing for Offset to be doing with his dollars? Uh, and I, I just think, I guess what I'm wanting you to comment on is how all of these 
reality show timelines that your husband mentioned and these timeline realities, <laughs> how do they impact our expectations of relationships and how can we moderate that? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think about this a lot because I think that um, if you can't already tell that it really, for me, gets people into some unrealistic expectations about um, you know, what love uh, looks like and, and how it develops and the speed at which it develops, you know, in real life. I think a lot of times the culture and our society, as well as uh, looking at these shows, really gets people in a real high-pressure place, and they just have a distorted perception of of what love even is. You know, I think there's so many people who are, you know, emphasizing like extravagant gestures like you just talked about as a sign that somebody really loves you and is going to be there for you. Like if you don't display this grand, um, you know, a big thing of affection, then somehow you don't meet the the mark. Um, And I think that, you know, if we think about reality shows, they've got to highlight these major contrasts. They got to show like, you know, um, wealth disparities and, you know, um, these really major differences and dramatic kinds of conflict in order for it to be interesting. And so while we know that conflict is normal in a relationship, I think sometimes too, people um, unnecessarily highlight and amplify the things they're dealing with um, and don't recognize that it's a normal part of the process based on some of these shows. So, you know, there are, I'm, I am like, I, I watch some reality shows, okay? Um, and, I, you know, I'll be all into it. So I'm just going to be telling the truth about that. But <laughs> I will say this. I think that, you know, it gives us great stuff to think about and to consider, um, you know, when we're, when we're looking at our own lives. But I think I'm concerned about, like, just how people think that love develops and what the normal expectations are. And I think there's, you know, without good commentary uh, and stuff, there's a whole lot that can be really taken out of context. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that means there's a signs that I'm getting a little bit less dumb because when when I watch these shows now, I can (laughs) sort of tell when someone's lying more, when they're BSing and I can start to see trouble on the horizon before it comes, especially with Mm -hmm. my probably favorite of these terrible junk food for the mind, which is 90 day fiance. I say, because you can kind of see the problems developing and on the bright side, maybe, maybe it does help us look at the family origins and traditions of people uh, that we're getting involved with rather than just uh, their, their, you know, seeming, financial status and their good looks. Um, when we come forward, I, you know, I w- want to hear from both of you guys on, on you know, kind of your, your um, advice for us in so-called cuffing season when it comes to being less dumb in, in making choices uh, outside of a reality show timeline in relationships. This is KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come forward, Includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. Power. The conversation continues right now now. now. with Dominique DePrima on First Things First. It's a Black Marriage Monday around here. Aize and Ayana Ma'at. Black Love and Marriage on all the social media platforms and blackloveandmarriage.com if you want to keep getting smarter once we uh, get off the air with them. But look, um, we started out talking about finance and romance. And so I wanted to ask you guys during this uh, cuffing season of bling and uh, illusions, uh, tinsel, 
how we can, you know, s- some simple advice, how we can make some better choices. Ayana, you want to go first? Sure. I always say this, right? Like um, there is definitely a cuffing season, which is the same time of year um, that, you know, seasonal sadness can um, take place. Um, and so there's, um, when we talk about seasonal sadness, there really is research that talks about the fact that when we go into the colder months and this time of year that, you know, folks can feel heightened loneliness and sadness and you want to be with someone and it's the holiday. So I want to just normalize that. But the number one thing I want people to think about is pay attention to your patterns. Because I think at this time of year, we oftentimes are a little more um, desperate, shall I say, to be with someone, to have someone to take to the function. So my thing is go on and, you know, date someone, find someone, what have you. But what's your pattern? Just hmm. make sure that you are not open to trying to make something into something that it's not. And so if we don't know what our own patterns are and we can't pay attention to that, then we're going to find ourselves going down that same lane. And okay. so everybody's is different. I think that's important. Aiza, giving you the last word here. Yeah, I would just say really quickly that it's okay to um, to get to know people, to to date, to try to look for someone. But at the end of the day, I think that it's important that, um, you know, if you're not aligned um, and you're not taking the time to be aligned, um, if I were you, I would choose to lay down with a blanket, blanket <laughs> instead of laying down with a bird. <laughs> lay down with a blanket instead of a bird. So <laughs> I will go that route. Instead <laughs> of a burden. Oh, uh, my goodness. A blanket, no not a burden. Get you a Build-A-Bear. Thank you guys both so very much for being with us. I've learned really a lot just listening to you guys talk, and I hope that soon our KBLA delegation will stop being chicken and call in and get some advice and, and uh, share some of their stories <laughs> with us. And I'll talk to you guys next month. Thank you. Okay, talk to you. Bye-bye. Uh, so somebody from the KBLA delegation actually emailed me and asked me to bring back the quotes. Bring back the quotes. So um, in honor of cuffing season, um, this one's from Ian LaVanzant. We, she says, we have to learn to be with ourselves, not by ourselves. With ourselves, not by ourselves. Back to that blanket. <laughs> uh, Tavis Smiley is up next. You know that. He's got a great show on deck for you. Shout out to the Coliseum and everybody who did an excellent job on the HBCU Classic this weekend. I heard it was a great, great time. And I am Dominique DePrima. Find me on the social medias at DePrima Radio. Find us at KBLA 1580. History is now and we are making it together. Until tomorrow, stay safe, stay warm. One love.